you, it's your host Sharon Lin, and welcome back to Come Along. So today, this is part two of my interview with curator of the National Museum of Prehistory, Huang Yulun. She's gonna share with us more about the hidden meaning of the word "kita" in Austronesian languages. Also, we're gonna talk about powerful artworks and collections you can see in a museum. So, without further ado, let's hop right in. Would you want to share with us more, like what's the hidden meaning of the word "kita"? It's very interesting that um, in Austronesian languages, in most of the Austronesian languages,、uh, there are two kind of "we," whereas in in English, there's no. Yeah, just just one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there are an inclusive "we" called "kita" here, and also another "we" called "kami," which means. Um, the exclusive we, right? Okay, so kita、uh, is spelled K I T A, yeah, and for kami it's spelled K A M I. Okay, yeah, and that's that's what we written in Malay, in Bahasa Melayu, and also Indonesian Bahasa Indonesia, and also interesting in, in our Amis language, also called kami and kita. There are several different versions. For example, ita or ami, but there are two kind of we, and that kind of resonate my my studies. Because I also major in museum studies, and it become a very a、uh, very important thing for the museum to emphasize telling our story. By that I mean museum of ethnographic museum and indigenous museum. But who are we? Me and my team, none of us are the so-called indigenous people in Taiwan. We are Han settlers, the descendant of Han settlers. So we feel very awkward to claim that this exhibition is a is the one that tells our story. But as I said, in Austronesian language, there are these two kind of we. So we found it so fascinating that. We actually can construct an idea of our or we in this more inclusive way, and that is what we want the Taiwan society to feel after seeing this exhibition. You are not you are not looking at a story or exhibition about others, but you are actually looking at at exhibition that you are. Being included in the narrative. Yeah, I really like that, and it's just、mm. like so much to like reflect on and just talk more about. Because also, I know like a big, I don't know, like from visiting、uh, prehistory museums like all around the world. I feel like one thing, at, at least for me as an Asian person, is why is almost everything is based on a very Eurocentric point of view. It's almost like okay, you guys don't exist until we discover you. It, it's like it's a Like no, like those communities have always been there. This is a very big topic that I, like, it's outside, totally outside of the scope of today's show. But I really appreciate like a sentiment like your team and also working with different. I'm sure that you've consulted so many indigenous scholars as well. A lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, it's very, it's very have, important. We、yeah. have tens, more than ten meeting with the indigenous scholars or、yeah. opinion leaders nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah, and what I can recall now is that. In one of the meeting, we were discussing why, how we curate the exhibition by the name of Austronesian when this idea is apparently constructed by scholars. What connect all these Austronesian-speaking people? It's merely a language, but how do we make it become a thing that we have to dedicate an exhibition? Whole to the topic, and I think it's interesting that we ended up have a conclusion that colonial history 
yeah, colonial history might be one thing that connect all this Austronesian speaking people, and I think that's very、mm. that's a very emotional conclusion.、Oh, yeah, yeah, it speaks volume. Yeah, there were like a lot of violence, and it's something that I actually talk quite a lot about. You know, when people go into say historic sites or getting to know a place, that it's at least for me is very important to know how. This place came to be, and also there is darkness and violence. Yeah. yeah. So, so we we put a lot of colonial history in our exhibition, this renovated exhibition. Whereas pre, the previous version is more anthropological, more ethnographical. <laughs> But now we have more history talking about this dark heritage, and also besides that, we also have more poetic,、um, poetic way of. Connecting all these people together, and apparently it's by the sea, the 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 big ocean、mm. that connect all these islanders. So it, it's kind of we try to rep, like present the Austronesian speaking people's culture through different ways. And the first thing is very scientific linguistic research because this this. Peoples are constructed, are being identified because of the language they speak, but we all went through the same similar history of colonial colonization,、yeah. and then nowadays when we try to build a like a cultural pride. And the 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 philosophy of ocean and the very special culture about island life kind of connect people together and yeah that's what contemporary projects are going on now. So we have all、mm. these things in our exhibition. It actually re- reminds me of an interview that I did with a wonderful team called Small Island Big Song. And I, if I remember correctly, they actually performed. At like a big event at the at the museum.、Is、yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. La- last year、mm-hmm. in December, when we started to promote the whole renovation, although we're now ready to open. So huge shout out to you, Baba and Tim, if you're listening to this. So um, what what I got from listening to their album is it, just it's like all of the artists they are dealing with, like their homeland is like colonized by different colonizers and different rulers, but. Through their music, they're sending like a message of hope, and it's a story about hope and empathy, and also like we have a voice, and it's very important that we are still here. So it reminds me a lot of that of that sentiment, and also I feel like the museum is like doing at least my personal、um, take is、uh, the museum space is really doing a really good job like teaching empathy to people, and I really want to point out a, a section in this exhibit hall that people could see common stereotypes. Portrayed in pop culture, like in movies, songs, or images, that about common stereotypes people might have about indigenous peoples, and the displays show examples from movies. So, what was the planning process like for this section, and why does this matter, especially for a Taiwanese audience? That's a very nice one of my favorite section in the exhibition as well, and、um, that is the the section called communicating. Communicating, and by that women,、um, the host, the society, or the indigenous culture are being being communicated <laughs> or be represented, like probably falsely before through different media medium, right? Medium, for example, movies or literatures. One of my favorite、uh, display there is the. A controversial outfit of Maui.、Um, oh yeah, in yeah. Moana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Disney film. In case listeners you don't know, it, it's super famous, made a lot of money. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, that, yeah, from and, that film. Yeah, 
Exactly, and the outfit is controversial because Maui is a very sacred, say my God, figure in Hawaii in in, in the Polynesian beliefs. Very unappro- inappropriate to to have this kind of weight suit. Looks like Maui's tattoo on your on your body. So with that with that display with with that exhibit, we try to. Let the audience kind of rethink about what else have we done similar to this, and this is a, a chance to to like reflect on all the media around us、mm. today. Another major part of that section, like you said, we put with a lot of pop cultures because there are more and more talented indigenous singers or or athletes, artists, and writers that are around us now. It's a way that they use this medium to communicate their ideas and their identity now. So we let the audience to be aware of that and also kind of honor honor what they have done and talks about the very hardship after behind be, behind the stage. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that very deeply as well. I think also it's something that you could say it's something that requires like more reading and learning. But I think it's very important to know that, for example, indigenous cultures and indigenous communities they are still here and they're a thriving part of our of our society and they're not something of the past. Yeah, I like the term you use, thriving, and also yeah, that that's exactly what we're trying to to present. Also celebrating what they have achieved. So、mm-hmm. it's a very festive. Atmosphere in that in that section, yeah. And I have to talk about. So I believe it's in the section called identifying.、Yeah. So the statue, may my wings take me home. It's just a really really powerful piece. So could you tell us a little bit more about the artist and what's the story behind "May、mm-hmm. My Wings Take Me Home"? Yeah, it's it's about the history of Taiwan and probably very common in Australian speaking island. Islanders, and the artist's name is Shiki Shiju Sufei Shiki Sufing, and he's a、uh, Amis people, Amizu Amis people who lived in East Coast in a community called Adulan Dulan. In his community, there was there were several elders who participated in the World War Two, so they. Were not volunteer. <laughs> they were. They were.、Oh, yeah, yeah, they were captured mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the Japanese government, and and they fought for the Japanese army in in Southeast Asia, mostly in Indonesia or New Guinea, because as you know, the the situation there is very harsh. So the Japanese army they couldn't survive in that situation. That's why they send the indigenous people to fight. There, and a lot of elders they actually pass away and without returning home. I mean, the, the, their bodies are were left there.、Mm-hmm. So the community member of Adolan, they they、um, in the past years, recent years, they they had this project、uh, to go back to Indonesia or New New Guinea and. Uh, try to look for the the evidence of their ancestors. It's very sorry. It's very emotional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Feel free to yeah. And what they do is they want to comfort comforting the 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 deceased、mm. souls. So、mm. 
in their belief, in Ami's belief, they think that after the ceremony or the ritual, the those who pass away overseas, they their souls will come back home with the wings. So that's the the whole idea of the the statue. And also, besides that, there are documentary about it, and also some small publication about the whole things. And it happens in the, I would say five years or ten years. So that's. That's an ongoing thing, and it's also part of our contemporary collection, as I mentioned earlier. So we put that in our exhibition. The whole section of identifying started with this historical narrative, mm. but but that was the like the historical background context we want the audience to understand because different political force coming outside of the island changed the identity of indigenous people. They from Japanese army and then become a um, KMT army <laughs> and, and now it's Taiwan army. Mm. So constantly changes. So we offer the, the, the context of it. But after that, there are also so many different projects, different style of fighting for like building their contemporary identity through maybe music festival or going back to the community community and relearn from the elders, maybe build the traditional crops, anything like that. So there are many different thing happening now and it all kind of like after the the dark history but still still indigenous people are thriving and mm-hmm. looking for uh, building a brighter future so yeah. that's how we end the whole exhibition with the I- idea of identity yeah and when you're you're talking about the the part when basically um there are forced they were forced to be, you know, to become soldiers for like different ruling powers. And I really appreciate the visual um, representation of that. So you can say, yeah, like two posters, but it's like a 3D design. Like basically it depends on which angle you're looking at the visual representation. It shows the indigenous peoples wearing different uh, uniforms for different armies. Basically their agency were ripped by rulers during the time. So I, that's a very powerful yeah. way to showcase it. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. So you could see, uh, probably initially, it's a indigenous young man wearing the traditional outfit, but then next to it, the, he put on a Japanese yeah. army's outfit. And so when you walk through, you will see different images on the same wood, wooden panel, the the panels. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I really appreciate that detail. And also something just reflecting on like growing up here and you know getting education here. The story that you mentioned, I think it was. It was not really taught to students uh, when I was, for example, when I was a kid. And I think that's something that's very important. Probably, I feel like when as people grow older, I feel like teenagers, for example, they, I would say like they could be exposed to getting to know more of the nuances of, of history. Sadly, the percentage of this kind of personal stories are very, very frequent in, in indigenous community, more f- frequent than Han community so that's why we talk about this um like share history of taiwanese people so if you're you're not the indigenous people but you probably you could still relate to to that part of taiwan history yeah i think it's very important to to learn about this and in different like forms of input like we read about them in 
probably start with textbooks and also we expand our reading and also go to museums and i think um, the national museum of prehistory i I, ha- I would highly recommend to anyone who's visiting taidong and kind of wrapping up our interview a little bit so i know that throughout the whole process like uh, during the renovation also after it's reopened to the public i know that the team has ventured out to different ways of d- displaying and also u- utilizing digital tech and also working with locals and we're not saying that okay everything is perfect and it's all done like what would you hope to see more in a museum like for upcoming exhibits or any space of improvements that you would love to see happening for the Austronesian whole i personally i think our text on the panel are still too intellectual mm. i think if if i could revise the the <laughs> revise it again would like to invite some writers to help us to rewrite it and make it more plain and i think that that's that's a big thing like a big problem now to to me personally and also i noticed that the the idea of Austronesian is become a very very popular and hot issue in tai, Taidong, also in Hualien. I'm mm. not sure about in Taipei. In Taidong, it becomes so popular since this year, especially oh. this year. What are people saying? What's the discussion like? Okay, the the narrative is is too generalized. So I kind of worry about that. It's mm. become too generalized because the the language Austronesian originated from Taiwan. That is for sure. But that doesn't mean that people originate from Taiwan. Oh yeah, I know this is a huge debate. Like talking to some friends, yeah. Yeah, and Taiwan is the like the origin of the language, but not the people. Or it, it's too you jump to the, that conclusion, and that is not responsible. <laughs> yes, but but the the now because of politics. Yeah, also some, elections coming up, and people are like, yeah. Yeah, and also it's it's a narr- it's a statement, an argument that Taiwanese people easily take. It's very sweet. Yeah, people. Mm-hmm. Kind of oh wow we're so proud of it and, yeah and I worry about that a lot too. If I could revise the exhibition, I hope we have a section dedicated more detailly about the, like clarifying the the whole statement of Austronesian. It's a language. It doesn't necessarily necessarily the people. And when we say Austronesian migration or Austronesian expansion, women language not people. So that's because the, the things happening now become more and more discussion, but I found it, it's a little bit misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. so much more detail. Yeah. And there's so debate. much to learn. Yeah. There's so much to learn. And also like visiting museums and reading more is just the beginning of getting to know more, honestly, anything. Because yeah. I feel like, again, to wrap up this interview, I just really you know, recommend people like whenever you're in Taidong, I don't know, like probably have many things planned. I don't know, going to the beach, but okay, you have to come to the National Museum of Prehistory. So to wrap up this interview, Yulun, is there, are there any upcoming exhibits or programs that are coming up that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I'm very excited about the upcoming exhibition next March. And my colleague, they're preparing for it. It's, we haven't had a title for it yet, but the whole idea is based on microscopic prehistory. Ooh, it, it sounds, sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Because because our museum we have several labs in our museum and those archaeolo- archaeologists research fellows they work on these micro things for example pollen or phytolith that's what I look for. Xi xi phytolith 
Yeah. <laughs> totally outside of uh, like any like, scope of knowledge I might have. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that. Yeah, no worries. And okay, upcoming exhibits uh, happening next year. Yeah, so. yeah. And through a, 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 like a lab view of prehistory. So okay. it's, it's quite different from what we used to do. Okay, so it's kind of like coming back to like, it's very funny, like logistics a little bit. So it's not very easy to get to the museum physically. So what are some ways transportation wise that people could get here? If you don't have a car, if you don't have, if, if you don't know how to ride a motorbike, the easiest way is by train because we are located right next to a train station called Kangle. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's only five minutes walk. And we, Amazing. the, the Taitung County government, they also renovated the, the area around the train station for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's a very pleasant walk, mm-hmm. and and the the train the timetable for the train also perfectly. You could easily come in in the morning, and there's another train that could take you away in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So the timetable is also nicely work with our museum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I would say the easiest way is by by train, but there are also the um, the shuttle yeah. bus. So I think I, I actually read about that the the Taiwan housing, which is called Taiwan Tourist Shuttle Service, which this has actually introduced um, in the um, Taroko National Park episode. So you can go check it out. So basically, all these information they're all on the official website of the museum. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, make sure to go check it out. And Yulun, thank you so 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 much for stopping by on the show. And it's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And that is a wrap of my interview with curator Huang Yulun. So this is a two-part interview. Make sure you both listen to part one and part two. And listeners, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. I highly, highly recommend National... I cannot talk. Anyway, I highly recommend the National Museum of Prehistory to you. It's located in Taidong in Taiwan, so it's on the East Coast. And really, if you're planning a trip to Taiwan and you're planning to go to Taidong or to anywhere in the East Coast, but you haven't decided where to go, go to Taidong and go visit this wonderful museum. I was there in June this year and I couldn't put into words how pleasantly surprised I was to see all the exhibits, how the spaces lay out and just really wonderful programming they're doing right there. So really give it a visit. I cannot talk. It's been a long day recording this ending of my interview. You know, recently I've been including more like bloopery kind of recordings in my shows because... It, I've always been this way. I think vulnerability is a huge part of my work as well. And also many of our listeners, they've been writing to us. They listen to our shows after a long day or during a really hard work week. And they find listening to the shows really, it's a great a relaxing moment. And, you know, it's a great pleasure for all of us hosts here at RTI to offer this sense of companionship and, you know, going along your week with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and also keep on listening to our shows. That is a wrap. So I'll see you again next Monday on Come Along. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Sharon, Izzy, and Michelle, your hosts from RTI's FM Online. From Monday to Friday, we'll be here chatting about lifestyle, the arts and creative scene, social issues, and people's passions in Taiwan and around the world. On Come Along, I will take you to cool places in Taiwan, talk to folks from the vibrant arts scene, and serve you what Taiwan has to offer. Listen to hot stuff to dive into current topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on Taiwan-related content. On That's Debatable, we will break down debatable issues in Taiwan and beyond. 
beyond. Big or small, serious or silly, and hey, don't forget to stay open and be kind. What's your cup of tea? What tickles your fancy or floats your boat? Listen to Geek Out for topics from Dungeons and Dragons to mental health awareness to herpetology. Tune in to Uncovered to jump into a creative whirlwind. Want to know the dramas that have us hooked or the tunes that we're blaring on the MRT? Music, film, art, and fashion will uncover all. Thanks for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check us out on the website at en.rti.org.tw and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you soon. You are listening to Radio Taiwan International. Visit us on our website at en.rti.org.tw and on YouTube at youtube.com/rtienglish.